Preacher, Patrice is the co-founder and chief servant officer of both Nehemiah Project International Ministries and PG and Associates LLC, which he founded with his wife and best friend, Gina Saguet. Patrice specializes in helping families incorporate their faith into their business practices, ensuring that their businesses are able to exist beyond the third generation. And now, introducing Patrice Saguet. Welcome to the Nehemiah Entrepreneurship Community Podcast. I'm your host, Patrice Saguet. Today, I want to talk with you about our conference coming up, Nehemiah Week 2020. And I'm going to talk to you about thriving in the midst of crisis. I'm going to be doing a series of webinars, a series of podcasts, sorry, um, in the weeks to come to really just bring some insights and some perspective around this theme of thriving in the midst of crisis um, and, and to encourage you um, and hope you join us at the conference. But if not, then at least you you are able to glean uh, from this whole topic of thriving and, 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 and to kind of help you to thrive wherever you are and whatever that you are doing. Happy Friday, everybody, wherever you are around the world. It is good to be with you. So uh, let's first define uh, what we might to thrive. You know, what, what does that mean? And then we'll, we're gonna look at the foundation scripture for uh, for our conference and for this talk so that we might be able to glean a little more spiritual context. If you look at the definition of the word thrive, um, it means to grow rigorously, right? Not just to grow, but with rigor, right? Um, you know, you think about what Jesus said that he's come that we may have life and have it more abundantly. No, it's a thrive is to have the more abundant life. Right. And other definition would say to gain, uh, would say to flourish, right, to flourish. And we know that scripture is very clear about the fact that the Lord has uh, given us all the ability to be to flourish where we call to flourish. And we talk about life and life more abundantly. That is a flourishing life. In uh, a more narrow perspective, thrive could also mean to gain in wealth or possession, to prosper. Right. Uh, to prosper. So so really, our conference is going to try to deal with how do you, whatever your circumstance and your state and your situation, how do you grow rigorously, no matter the situation? You know, how, how do you prosper? Uh, other definition is to, uh, to progress towards or realize a goal despite or because of circumstances. In other words, um, you know, uh, see, the word thrive is often... Uh, use um, in context to to a conflict, right? Uh, and so, so the idea is this: is that if if you're going to thrive, then the circumstance that you are in doesn't determine the outcome of your thrive. Let me say that again: if you're going to thrive, it doesn't matter your circumstance, it doesn't matter your situation. Um, then thriving is irrespective of your circumstance. Now, so the last uh, 12, 18 months now has been very tough for all of us, right? Around wherever you are around the world, you, you've, you've faced uh, the pandemic, which, and, and I did a talk uh, as uh, in the midst of the pandemic, 
that dealt with our attitude and, and our outlook during and past the pandemic, right? And we all agree, even though we are still facing the consequence of the pandemic, and many of us, based on the country you're in, still are in the midst of the pandemic, that we can already kind of see our way out, right? We can kind of begin to see. For some of us, we can see it more granular. For some of us, it's narrow, but we can kind of see a path. Vaccination has definitely helped. So, but I, I want to look at this idea of thriving beyond just uh, in crisis, beyond just your the economy or, or the pandemic. Because the reality is this, as entrepreneurs, we face crisis every day. As a matter of fact, for some of us, even when the even before the pandemic, even while the pandemic was going on, many of us were facing crisis in our family, in our business, and some in our even personal life. So I want you to think of this more than just about pandemic. But the question is this, how can you thrive or what crisis are you dealing with in every aspect of your life? And how do you prepare yourself to address whatever crisis? You know, a crisis might be where you lose your key employee unexpectedly. That brings about a crisis, right? You lose your major, your biggest contract. That, that brings about a crisis. The, the loan, the financing you're waiting for from the bank or the investors, they called you and said, this is not going to happen. That brings about a crisis. You found out that you need more resource, 20, 25% more than you had planned for. That brings about a crisis. Right? Your product launch fails, does not meet expectations. That brings about a crisis. Right? You have a health condition. You go to the doctor for a normal routine visit. And you discover that there's something growing in you. You discover there's something that you got to address. You got to step back a little bit and lay low to try to recover. You thought you were fine and healthy, but you found that actually some you were not fine and healthy. That brings about a crisis. Even if whatever you discover is something that can be addressed, but you have to slow down, right, back out, and try to recover. That brings about a crisis because you didn't plan for it. Right, that may impact your income. It may impact your earning potential. It may impact your business. That brings about a crisis. Your children, right? <laughs> that beloved child of yours. If you got kids like me, then you know what I'm talking about, right? You come home one day and you know they're pregnant, or you find out that they've been doing drugs, or dropped out of school. You didn't realize it, or failed that key test that they were right, or they're facing just you know, dating issues or personal life issues or whatever, that brings about a crisis. I remember one year we were about to go on a family vacation in Paris. It was a key trip we were planning for for a while. And we were all excited. Literally the day before the trip, the day before, the night before, right? In other words, tomorrow we're traveling. We discover no, I'm sorry. Yeah, we catch one of our children in a in a compromising scenario situation, right? That we have to try to manage. So, so what do you do? Do you cancel the trip? Do you still go on the trip? That was a crisis, right? That friend of yours that you thought was loyal and faithful, you found out that 
They've betrayed you. That brings about a crisis. Right? What crisis have you faced or are you facing right now? You don't win that, that award that, or that, that contract or that deal, that business plan competition. Whatever you're going after, you don't win. You come this close, but you don't get it. That brings about a crisis. So, so as you think about crisis, don't tie it just to pandemic because life is full of crisis. Some micro, some macro. The only thing about this pandemic, our situation with this crisis situation, is that we all can relate to it. But the problem with it is that it can be so overwhelming that we miss the fact that many of us have individual crises that have nothing to do with pandemic. Now the pandemic has covered it up, and so now we're dealing with the pandemic and miss the real issues. Or for some, the pandemic has just added insult to injury. So whatever that situation, how do you thrive? Right? How do you thrive? How do you prosper? How do you continue to walk in the more abundant life? How do you believe God that tomorrow will, will, will work out? So I, I want to look at a foundation of scripture. Um, so... And 1 Samuel chapter 30, and, and, and all of us know the story of Joseph. I mean, I'm sorry, David. 1 Samuel chapter 30. So King David, poor guy, he's been facing one crisis after another. So just to get, kind of give you a, a perspective before he gets to where he is now, and this is not going to be the last crisis he faces. So King David... Um, as a young man, um, he discovered, uh, he found out that Saul, the king of Israel, had a crisis. A guy named Goliath was terrorizing the nation of Israel. And so the king was looking for who will take on this guy, Goliath, because the enemy, the Philistines, um, they were trying to besiege Israel. And they had this this military guy called Goliath, the giant. Somehow he was so big and huge and that every, the entire uh, Israel, Israel, Israel military were kind of frozen. Nobody would take him. Everybody was scared. So the king decided to present a reward for anyone who will take on this guy. And the idea was that if this guy is taken on, and beaten, then that will settle uh, the war. So everything was hinged upon this situation. So young David, he was taking care of his um, of his father's sheep. He, he learned uh, to to to. He's, he had learned battle and 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 conquest by virtue of protecting and preserving the sheep. He took on lions. He took on bears. Right, so he had learned some things working for his dad, and he had seen God see him through. He had seen God show up when when his sheep were in danger. It was just him, the little kid with a lion. He's seen God see him overcome. He's seen God see him overcome with with the bear. He, in other words, he, he had seen miracles because as a young boy, 
you know, in some cases, not really able to take on the lion. He has seen God help him thinker. So with that same confidence, David said, wait a minute. If I've been able to defeat these other giants, the lion and the bear, I think I can take on Goliath. And, and by the way, this giant, this crisis is trying to embarrass God. He's going after the children of God. He's trying to hinder the plan of God. In other words, it's a righteous cause. And so if, if there's any, if there's ever a battle that God can see me through, this is the one. You see, because Christ has come, ladies and gentlemen, to destroy your life, to hinder God's plan for your life, to disturb your peace. The Bible says this where the thief comes, but to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So David found himself in a situation where he said, you know what? This giant is coming, is coming after God. It's not really a fight between him and me or him and Israel. It's a fight between him and God. So whoever steps up and be willing to be used by God to defeat him will defeat him because God will give him the victory. That was his calculus. So he took on Goliath. And the Bible says that he, he brought down Goliath. Goliath, he, he beat him. So he became a hero. So you would have thought that being, becoming this hero that saved the nation from this major crisis, that that would have made him the king's favorite. That did bring him closer to the king, that did uh, bring him to the royal courts, right? But because David had also been anointed secretly to become king of Israel. In other words, he was also the future king because God in, had disqualified Saul and his descendant from reigning Israel because of his behavior. And just by some kind of coincidence, this guy David had to be the same one who God had chosen to be the next king of Israel. So as, as Saul is showing David favor and giving accolades and rewarding him for having saved the nation and saved his honor, he also discovered this is the same kid who God has ordained to be the next king. So in a sense, he found himself in a situation where he was raising up his successor or better yet, his competitor. So David, in saving Israel from a crisis, saving a king from a shame, that led to a, another crisis himself, where now the king sees him as, a, as his enemy. Think about that. That your mentor, your hero, the person who you look up to, your leader, your, your boss, you know, your, is looks at you as their competitor, as their enemy. So that led to a series of crises for David, crises to survive, crises where he was painted as betraying the king, crises where he was seen as a threat to the kingdom of Saul. Crisis, thriving in the midst of crisis. So though David thrived in the midst of that first crisis, now this next crisis was not what he 
a crisis that he pursued, something that came to him, and he's got to navigate it. And David navigates this crisis. And in the midst of all of that navigation, finally he gets fed up. He's tired. He says, you know what? I'm tired now. So he's had to run away. He says, I'm going to find me another kingdom that will receive and embrace me. I'm going to make peace with another king who, who, who even if they're the enemy of Israel, at least I can find safety somewhere because this Saul guy, either he's going to kill me or I'm going to kill him. And I'm not going to kill him because I cannot touch Gaza anointed. So, so he's going to have to kill me and I don't want to die. So I'd rather run away. So he runs away and he makes peace with the very people that he's been fighting on behalf of Saul against. And so as he makes this peace, they take him on. But, in, but as that occurred, some of the some of the the, the 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 leaders, some of the other nations don't trust them. So the king will take them on. They said, "Man, you got David here. That that you can't trust them because he's never going to be loyal to you. The minute you go into battle with Israel, he's going to change sides. So as a result." They kick him out, and but they give him a piece of property, a place called Ziklag. So they give him his own little area, and and say, okay, um, we we you can settle here. This is your little territory. So Ziklag became kind of the place where David and his men camped, so that they're not they're away from Saul, they're not too close to the other kings that they're a threat to them but they're in a place of safety. And he thought that at that place, crisis is settled. But, but watch this though, again, thriving in the midst of crisis. All this while from taking on, uh, taking on uh, the, the, the giant uh, Goliath all the way through, though David went from one crisis to another, he continued to thrive. Right, he continued to have the abundant life or the more abundant life. But yet, as he was thriving, crisis kept following him. Some of you are listening to me right now. You said, Patrice, my issue is David, my issue is that because I, I've, I've been fending off crisis, but somehow it keeps following me. <laughs> right? Keeps following me. That was the case for David. He would deal, go one crisis after another. He thought he had found peace at Ziglag. But then a crisis followed. Look at chapter 30, 1 Samuel, verse 1. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south of Ziklag, attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great that did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. Poor guy. Poor guy. And I'm not sure what Christ he faces right now. That was the case for David, right? In trying to preserve himself, run, hide, not be in harm's way. They come to, the crisis comes to the very place where he had found safety. While he's gone, 
that come and battle him. So David and his men came to the city, verse three, and there was burned with fire and their wives, their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Ahinoam and Jezreel's and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the, the, the Camelite, had been taken captive. They took his wives, took his stuff, took his children. Now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. Not only was his place of safety violated, and, and, and his children and wives taken. But now the people who was with turned against them and said, this is your fault, crisis. How, how do you thrive in the midst of that when you're being rejected by your mentor, when the very people you made a deal with violate you, where you think you're safe, and the very people who you are with, your team turn against you because they blame you for the circumstance. How do you thrive? And then they want to kill him. And the Bible says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord. We're going to continue this talk next time. One of the keys as you thrive in the midst of crisis, whatever you're facing right now, David strengthened himself in the Lord. So during the Amal week, one thing we're going to do, we're going to help you strengthen yourself in the Lord. Right? Because, ladies and gentlemen, the, the the reason why we struggle is not because our, our, our challenges are so difficult or because our circumstances are so impossible. It's because our God has been diminishing our hearts and our minds, right? There's an exercise that I often do in my class on problem solving, where I, I put one circle and in that circle I put problems. And outside the circle I put God. And in another circle, I put God, I said, a circle, I put problems. And I asked my student, I said, what, could you explain what's the difference between these two circles? And after much discussion, we conclude, one reflects the fact that God, your God is bigger than your problem. He swallows them up. The other reflects the fact your problem is bigger than your God. You see, David strengthened himself because what David understood is that I've got, I've got crisis beyond my, my, my human understanding. I don't know how I can, I can defeat, save the nation. The very king that I protected comes against me, treat me as traitor. And I try to make a pact with, with, with people who, by the way, know how strong I am, know I can take them on, try to make a pact with them and find a place of safety for me and my men. They come after me, right? And then now the very people who I'm trying to preserve and help my very people turn against me. And there was everybody, and by the way, I've lost my children, my wives. I don't even know if I'm going to see them again. But he strengthened. The first thing he did, he strengthened himself in the Lord. So if you want to strengthen yourself in the Lord, I want to invite you to Nehemiah Week. All right, Nehemiah Week. Whatever you're facing, if you're facing health crisis, financial crisis, business crisis, mental crisis, whatever it is, we want to help you strengthen yourself in the Lord. Right? We're going to kick it off. 
every day from August the 9th, I believe, uh, let me give the exact date. Team, put put up Nehemiah Week up there so that folks may know how to register. Um, because th this is going to be amazing. From August the 9th to August the 14th, every morning we are going to start with a moment of corporate prayer because we want to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. As a matter of fact, uh, in the next week or so, we're going to start with a 21-day prayer and fasting because as businessmen and women, we want to strengthen ourselves in the Lord because we recognize that no matter what we're facing, whatever the situation that if we don't strengthen ourselves, if we don't make sure that our God is magnified, that He's that He's bigger than our situation, that that we are lost in Him, and that we are seeking first the kingdom and His righteousness, that 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 He's all that we got, that we recognize He's magnified, so that He can He He can be so much more bigger than whatever we're facing, bigger than cancer, bigger than family issues, bigger than children issues, bigger than financial issues, bigger than health concerns, bigger than mental issues, that your God is bigger than whatever you're facing. We're going to strengthen you in prayer. The other thing, we're going to have worship, right? We're going to have worship. Pastor Miami out of France, Emil out of Mexico, but they're going to take us into a place of worship because nothing strengthened us in the Lord like worship, right? Worship. I mean, I don't know about you, but a, a great worship song in a moment of crisis, a, a worship song that just speaks to my heart and my soul, like how great thou right? God is a mighty God, right? A mighty fortress is our God, right? Our God is awesome. Whatever it is for you, Right. This is why we sing. Right. Whatever it is for you, something about worship and song helps us to move beyond the circumstances and get into a place where we can begin to see our God magnify and our problem minimized. As a matter of fact, you don't have to wait till Nehemiah week for this. You can start right now, wherever you are, turn on a worship song and begin to shout and sing and praise. I guarantee you this, by the time you are done, whatever you're facing, whatever situation, circumstances, it's going to seem minimal because of your God. So, so, but then start now. And then when you come to Nehemiah, bring the worship with you so that together we can worship, right? You, we can worship. Right. And then not only are we going to worship. So first, because we got to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Right. So first we got to pray. Second, we got to worship. But then we're we going to have devotionals. We got Pastor Moore, Pastor Noella. We got Pastor Pastor Green. If you were there last year, they brought, they were like surgeons. They were like chefs. They brought the word of God each day to us in such a way that we walked away burping. We were so full. Because if you're going to strengthen ourselves in the Lord, we've got to know the word of God. So first, prayer. Second, worship. Third, the word of God. Because we've got to strengthen ourselves in the Lord like David did. So that whatever your situation, let that be a week where your God is so magnified. That your problem begin to fall away. I'm, I, I sound like I'm I'm uh, I'm overhyping it, but I'm not really because if you if you pray and worship, get into the Word of God, even now before Nehemiah week, you are going to start experiencing what I'm talking about. 
you're going to start walking on water. There are some weeks where I say, you know, I know I got issues, I know I got a problem, but somehow something in me tells me it's going to be well. I don't know why, don't understand it, doesn't make sense in my mind, but it's the peace that passes all understanding. Right? So, we, so prayer, right? Worship, right? The word of God, devotional. And then another thing about strengthening ourselves in the Lord, we're going to have community, right? We're going to have community. In other words, see, something happens when that, that's the Bible says that do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. That's why we go to church. That's why we are in small groups. Right, but in Nehemiah week, it's gonna be a big group from Asia, from Africa, from Europe, from Latin America, from North America, right? We're gonna to come together. And something about like hearts and minds coming together, entrepreneurs, men and women, who understand the ways of the kingdom, where we can strengthen and encourage each other, something about community. See, as you're trying to strengthen yourself in the Lord, sometimes you need to do it among the brethren. So that when my faith is weak, then yours can be strong. So that when I feel discouraged, you can encourage me. Are you following me? You know, so, so it's going to be community. You're going to connect with others and you're going to hear other people's story. And sometimes, I'll be honest, misery loves company. Because you thought you were the only one facing whatever you're facing. You thought that you were the only person going through that situation. You're going to find out you've not been the only one. There are other people who don't even know you, don't speak your language, don't look like you, who have been going through it. And by the way, they've overcome it. And they're going to share their testimonies so that you can hear how others are thriving. So that you can be inspired by that and know and believe you can also thrive. That's why the Bible gives us stories like this of David and other saints, how God has seen them through so that we can also believe that if God can do it for them, he's no respected person, he can do it also for me. We're going to be in community. That's why you come to Nehemiah week, right? Because we're going to pray together. We're going to have devotion together, right? We're going to worship together. We're going to be in community together. And lastly, we have amazing speakers because if you're going to, encourage yourself or strengthen yourself in the Lord, you need to get insight and wisdom how to do that. And we've asked our speakers this year, not just to give us human knowledge or intellect, right? But, but, to, but to give us revelation, to, to really allow God to use them to help us understand the mind of God, whatever dimension they are addressing to help us to realize, because See, we've got, because we realize this, David strengthened himself in the Lord in the midst of that crisis. He turned to God, not to his weapons, not to his friends, not to anything else, but to God. Come to Nehemiah week and let's together strengthen ourselves in the Lord. We'll continue this talk next week as we kind of prepare ourselves for this, for August. Right, and I want to see you there. Uh, team, put the registration link up there. I don't see it. So if you want to join us at Nehemiah Week this year, you want to make sure you register. Use that link, register to Nehemiah Week. Uh, join us, and um, and let's do this, right? But even before the week, though, you can start right now. Increase your prayer life. You can start right now. Increase your time of worship. Right now, increase your receiving of the word of God. Right now, get in community. Right now, begin to engage. Get knowledge and wisdom. 
so that when you come to Nehemiah, you bring that stuff with you. Because something about a whole bunch of thrivers coming together, that just makes it supernatural, right? I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Listen, in the United States, um, this Sunday, we celebrate the 4th of July. It is a time of year we celebrate our freedom, where we recognize and we are grateful for what God has done in that at a time where there was no nation in this country, at a time where the, 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 the mighty nations were in Europe, at a time where England uh, ruled and dominated the Navy, that God saw fit to raise up a, a, a gang, right? A, a, a group of, of expatriates, a group of, uh, of, of, of uh, just a, a ragtag group that came together and fought for the freedom of a country that would preserve religious freedom, that would preserve democracy, that will evolve to become the leading economy in the world. Well, if God can do it for America, they were facing crisis. They were facing uh, England at their back. They were facing all kinds of situation, mistrust among each other. They were facing, will we, will we be able to, to do this? Can we truly build a nation? Who are we that we can build a new nation and take on the most the, the leading power, take on the kings of Europe? Who are we? Can we really do it? And they believe. So on, on Sunday, July 4th, we celebrate not only America's freedom, but we celebrate freedom in general. We celebrate the fact that our freedom did not come from the military, but came from Jesus Christ. And he enabled this military to supernatural bring down the greatest nation at that time, which was England, an empire. So with that said, if you want to know more about the Nehemiah Project, visit our website, nehemiahecommunity.com, nehemiahecommunity.com. There you can learn about how to take advantage of our training program, our coaching program, and access to capital, so we can come alongside you and help you build that kingdom company. We have classes going on all around the world. We have coachings, coaches around the world. We want to work with you. Become a member, join in, so you can begin to engage, so that together we can transform the world. And most importantly, join me and Nehemiah so that together we can strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Well, friends, happy 4th of July. With that said, let me pray for you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord enable you to steward those towns that are under your care. To steward them in such a way that one day you can hear those wonderful words. Well done. Good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Guess what? He'll now make you rule over much. God bless you. Before we leave, thank you for all of you who celebrated my birthday yesterday, who sent me wishes, uh, greetings, who sang happy birthday to me, who left me messages. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm honored and privileged to be alive at this dispensation. Thank you all. Love you. God bless.